get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, when you're not winning ball games, you're always trying to find answers. You're always trying a way to to go out there and 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 win. Because you know? at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. So, um, you know, we're we're trying to do that uh, together. Um, whether that be players, coaches, you know, staff, uh, uh, we're trying to do whatever it takes to win. And I know it's a broken record every week. Of yeah, we got to do this better. We got to do that. But um, you know, we're we're in this situation now. And we got to find a way out. Dude, he looks Adam Thielen there. He looks miserable. <laughs> Have you Think guys? He uh, our guy Alex Boone here, ten-year NFL veteran. He loves football. Played for the Vikings. You guys ever seen uh, the original Amityville movie from like the the seventies? No idea what you're talking the about. Amityville Horror. Long time. No, no. Yeah, okay. Uh, so <laughs> so I'll just give you a summary. So like it's a nice fa- a family moves into a house in upstate New York. Very nice, you know, clean right. shaven father, and it's a good family man. And like by the end of the movie, the house so the house is like possessed by demons. And by the end of the movie, the dad has a beard, and he's got like a blank stare on his face. And he like murders his family. Like I feel like Adam Thielen's like halfway to just halfway like to being the guy for, <laughs> to Amityville. He yes. should be. He should be pissed off. He should oh. be miserable. He's not being thrown to his team unnecessarily. Is not good. I'd be livid if if I'm him. I mean, he's at an age where he should be on a team that's good, right? He's playing in his bleeping hometown. Uh, he's good, and they don't even throw to him. Yeah, I'd be miserable too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think mm. Judd hit that one on the head. Yeah. So uh, with that, this is Purple Daily. Mackie Judd, executive producer Declan, who later on is going to call for oh, yeah. someone's ass to be fired. Oh, That's right. More work. Alex Boone, uh, if you're watching us on the Purple Daily YouTube channel on a TCL TV, thank you, because TCL, in addition to supporting us, they support you if you're a sports fan watching sports on a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. So, all right, let's just clear out here for for Booney here. Um I'm going to ask you just a broad question to start with, and then we can we can get as granular as you want throughout this show. No, we're going to get as granular as you want, wow. Mackie. You better be I, ready today because I'm fired up. Pretty grand grand football. You're pretty granular. Hey, by the way, you, that thing you sent me, it was rocking my brain all night. I mean, driving me nuts because, like, when you're not in the room and you don't know the actual answer, you're like, what is the actual answer? And you know somebody got chewed out today. That's the third and nine play that we will talk about, which basically wait. ended the Vikings' chances. We'll put a screenshot up so people can see. Yeah, the whole guy's going to say, yes, we need to talk about it. Okay, good. It to- so here's my question. The Vikings are three and five. There's yeah. a bunch of guys on hot seats now, even more than before. Yeah. But, like, everyone, like, we were, we were, there was a clip of the Rich Eisen show we were all watching earlier today. Like, all the national people are like, why are the Vikings? Everyone thinks they should be better than three and five. And they should. Five and three, six and two. So why aren't they like five and three or six and two? Why are they three and five from what you can tell? Dude, I'm going to I'm gonna lay it out as easy as possible. They're just not playing complimentary football. Like you watched that game last week and it's very telling as to what's going on. Like at one point, the Ravens, and I'm, and I'm thinking in my mind as a real football player, because sometimes it's hard to take myself out of this and I'm always watching what the center's doing and where he's going. But at one point I'm like, dude, have they not run the ball for a game today at all? Like that when you consistently run the ball down someone's throat, you saw it in the third and fourth quarter and even in overtime, the defense was not ready. Like they just couldn't hang the entire game. They started off great. 
they had some really bad unlucky calls like that horse collar. And I kind of get why they threw that flag. It's a quarterback. We all know this is a quarterback driven league. They're going to protect them. And the minute they see you pull him back. And that's really the thing that they're most worried about. Cause I've sat in those meetings and they're like, listen, it's the fact that when you pull him back, he could snap his leg. Like that's what we don't want to happen. We've had that happen before. And I'm like, I get that. And he's a quarterback. They're going to call that every time. But for the most part, like they stuck in there and then all of a sudden the offense started to stall. And this is where the complimentary part comes in because if the defense has to continuously be out on the field and they're just getting wave after wave after wave of run plays, they're like, dude, we're gassed. We can't hang in here. Not only that, we're a little bit light on the D-line. Like, we saw a lot of rotation going on. Like, you could tell those dudes were like, bro, get me out of here. I got to do something. And it's hard because the way that the Ravens attack people and, like, they put the choice in your hands. You'll decide your own fate. Are you going to stop the guy – barreling down the a gap are you going to try and go for our quarterback and then all of a sudden like when you start to figure it out that's when they start hitting you with these play actions and you're like dude i don't you know and they got lamar doing whirly birds in the backfield he's like a full 360 fake handing off it to everybody and then he's like okay now it's time to throw it it's like dude if you're a defensive coordinator you really have to hone into what you're doing and also nobody's playing this correctly. And now that the game's over, I guess I can kind of talk about this, but like when you play that offense, the only thing you can do to defeat it, because I was there when they started it is you attack the mesh point right now. All these people close the ends or they'll leave the end. If you let a quarterback who's naturally really good at deciding whether I should keep it or give it, and you're just going to give me all this space to decide you're an idiot. Cause normally I'm going to make a really clean decision, right? Like I'm not going to fumble it. Nothing bad's going to happen. But if you put a defensive end and tell him, Hey, if they don't block you, you go right now to where that mesh point is, where the quarterback and the running back are meeting with the ball. You go right there right now. And you just hit everybody because when teams, and there was only one team that did it to us when they did it to us, dude, it ended our whole run game. It was like, we can't do this because it puts cap in a bad situation. He's kind of frantic. Do I give, do I take? And then at the same time, the guys coming after you are huge and they're not messing around. They're coming for your life. So you're like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. And, it led to us making a lot of bad decisions and having to get out of it. But for the most part, this complimentary football is huge, especially when you play a team that has the ball for 90 plays. I mean, that's tough, dude. The mesh point. Football. Oh, yeah. Nobody gets that. And it drives me nuts because you're like, no, what you need to do is wait. I'm like, dude, I was there when this whole offense was created. I was one of the originals to be a part of it and to understand how it flowed through the system. This is how we attack people, but this is really how we're attacking. You'd be like, oh, my God, light bulb. This is great. And if you can have a quarterback that can do it. And they'd always say, like, the only thing that gets us in trouble is if somebody just attacks them right away because then the quarterback is more likely to make a bad decision. And not only that – if somebody's really screaming in there, humming in there, like the, the team that played us was the Ravens in the Super Bowl. I mean, they had uh, T-Sizzle. They just told him, if they don't touch you, you go right now. Because I remember I pulled for him on the first play of the game, and he was barreling upfield, and I was like, what is he doing? They haven't showed that all year. And then the rest of the game, it was just get after Kaepernick. Make him, force him to make a bad decision. Because if you give him space, they're so elite and good at being like, all right, well, you want to give me all this space? I'll take even more. So were the Vikings trying to do this and just failed? Or, or did they actually have the scheme wrong? No, I think that when you look at the game, number one, you're shooting yourself in the foot how many times. I mean, like when you talk about the drives that stall, like, 
Phil and I were talking earlier in the week, and one of the things was like, what's going on with the offense? Why does it disappear? It disappears because when you're starting in like a first and 20 or second and 20, it's so hard to make those yards up. And for some ungodly reason, I still don't understand why Dalvin Cook is not more a part of this offense. I don't understand why they're not trying to hand it to him more. Like I get the fact that the O-line sucks at run blocking, and at sometimes Dalvin just needs a clear lane to go. But you still need to force feed the ball to people more because that's going to make them make bad decisions, right? Like they're constantly worrying about where's Dalvin, where's Dalvin. He's consistently getting the ball and running down your face. It's going to wear down the defense at the same time. And it's like they don't want to do that. What do you have, like 17 carries this game? Dude, you were up at one point by two touchdowns. You should have been like, Kirk, if you thought we were throwing the ball, you thought wrong. Here we go. It's toss right, toss left, up the A gap, down the B gap, like – I'm like, okay, we're throwing to the tight end. Okay, CJ Ham, I get it. Make a great catch. I love it. Like it's super cool. But like, where the hell is Dalvin in all this? Okay, so I love that you. I love that you brought this up because I think this is where. So you, I think where we all agree is all right. All due respect to Tyler Conklin, but he's a backup tight end. He's not super explosive. He was the most targeted receiver in that game. Right. So they targeted, they targeted. Uh, backup tight ends and a fullback. I believe ten times in that game. And obviously, most of those throws, the CJ Ham throw was like 30 yards down the field. Yeah. Uh, good on him. I don't know why you're throwing just like to a fullback 30 yards down the field in a key moment late, but like it worked. Congratulations. Dude, I'm glad I wasn't <laughs> the only one thinking that. Like, for the, what are you doing? What's happening? You, what are you throwing it to the fullback on a wheel route for? Like, and why is somebody even covering a fullback on a wheel route? But, but we, exactly. But we, so we see those 10 throws, and on our end, we think, okay. Well, why can't you take some of those 10 throws and get Justin Jefferson more than four targets, get Adam Thielen more than three or four, whatever it was, four targets in that game? You already hit on a 50-yard pass down the field uh, to, to Justin Jefferson. So, like, we look at that. I think we're all in lockstep and say, throw the ball more to your weapons. And also, like, the Vikings are one of the, like, the bottom five or six teams in terms of play-action attempts. They just stopped running play-action in 2021. But you look at some of those targets to Conklin or to Ham or to Luke Stocker or whatever, and you say, why don't you swap those out for more Dalvin Cook, it sounds like. Yeah, 100%. And like you said, not only that, because after you start giving it to Dalvin more, he's going to get into a better groove. Like The problem with Dalvin right now is that the O-line is not giving him enough space to work. And at times I thought Dalvin didn't need a lot, but it seems like he does. It seems like he needs a clear running lane. Like, listen, man, this is where you're going with it. And you know, we had talked also about Mason Cole and how did he play. I thought he played a lot better than Garrett Bradbury. Now, I'm mm-hmm. not saying that all the IDs were right because there's a few question marks that even Twitter's like, what the hell's going on with this play? Like, why did this not go? But when you look at overall, like, the run game, there was not a lot of, like, pressure in the middle as there was before. Like, the, I think of the Dallas game when I think of Bradbury, like, spinning around to try and find 99 who had just barreled him in the back. Like, you didn't see that. And it was like, all right, man, that's good. But at the same time, the Ravens did a great job of keeping those linemen at the line of scrimmage. Like, linebackers were running through every which way. And you just can't let guys do that. So, like, while I I thought it was an improvement, at the same time, you got to get better. And not only that, but, like, it's going to help everybody because when you're running the ball, you're beating on a defense. You're just – look what the Ravens did to the Vikings defense. You just consistently beat on them. And, like – three yards turns into four and four turns into five. And finally, like these huge runs just explode out of there. And you're like, what's going on? Well, guys are gassed. I'm sick of getting hit. I'm getting hit from every which way, you know, like these counters, powers, traps, everything. And it's just, when you look at the Vikings, you're like, dude, so many teams are playing your defense. Like you should be playing, but you're not. They get into this like fancy football or this comfortable football. And I get it. Like, 
the way that the Ravens defense played them, like seven men up on the line of scrimmage at times, like, dude, get yourself out of that situation. Like short, short third downs, give it to Dalvin. Make him run over a cornerback. Make a cornerback second guess trying to tackle him again. Make the safeties go down. And that's another thing. Like there's they were banged up already. And then at the same time, you don't really test them. And the one time you do, it goes for a touchdown. Like, and then it just disappears the rest of the game. So just as a starting point, Booney, am I right in saying once the script gets done, the play calling is atrocious? Yeah. Um, and, and it sounds like you're go- going to, to that as well. I don't know that we, that we fundamentally completely agree on our execution tactics. I'll defer to you. But that being said, I think we both agree. And I don't know like if, if Gary is sending in the first 15 from the ranch in Houston or what. <laughs> But I, but no, I'm Your dead. Here. I've never twenty one. <laughs> I have, I have never seen like I've seen good scripts that then go sort of bad. This is the damnedest thing because once the script is done, it doesn't go to well, that's not great. It goes to my God, you're lost. You're this lost. looks lost. I, I've never seen this big of difference between first fifteen, damn good, impressive to. Oh my God, I don't know who is calling the place, but they should probably be fired at halftime. Yeah, no, and I agree. And I think a lot of it kind of falls, obviously a lot of it falls on Kubiak, but I'm looking at Kirk at some of these IDs, like even during the game, like there was times where they kept showing the same front and it just kept, they kept bringing guys from every different angle. But at the same time, like as a quarterback, you know that these routes are going to be longer because clearly none of them were slants. Like the minute the corner or the nickel slot comes, the slot receiver should run a slant. There's nobody in the middle of the field. I'm watching the game, and I'm like, dude, the guy that's covering the slot receiver is in the backside A-gap. Are you kidding me? Like, at some point, the minute you see that slot, and that's and that's why I look back at these great quarterbacks I played with, and I mean great, and they were quick to be like, hey, man, I'll always let you know where we're hot. Two here, one here. And you'd be like, what's the fingers? And it's to tell everybody. If one guy comes off this edge, I'm throwing the ball right now. And if you see the one, you know the ball's coming to you you see two and you see two guys coming like it forces everybody to pay more attention and you're not just out there running around randomly because that's what it looks like when they're running a nickel slot off the edge Ole doesn't even kick out to him so he's running scot-free right at the quarterback the quarterback's like batting the ball like dude when am i getting out of trouble dex let's put this let's put the third nine on the screen here let's put the screenshot here so we can't we can't do the full film breakdown here just for like copyright reasons but Let's let's Copy pop this right. up. This is I know, right? This it's ridiculous. I know chalk talk. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Dude, you yeah. want to see what it was like in the room? Oh. I'm gonna show you. All right. So so Rhino Chalk Talk here. Okay. So and you can make that full go screen back. there for the YouTube audience, Dex. Yeah, go back a little bit, Dex, because I got so you we, in the beginning. So this is a screenshot. So we, we actually can't oh. <laughs> I've I, I only got this one. We, right. I could send Dex the other one, but this is this is the one we popped up here. So, all right, so check this out. All right, so this is actually really good. Though. I'm glad you saved it right here because look, this is this, by the way, this is the this is the play. The Vikings got the turnover, the Anthony Barr pick in freaking overtime. You get a turnover almost to midfield. You need 20 yards to get into field goal range. The Vikings do nothing on the first two plays. This is third and nine, basically for the game right here. And the and the result of this play was Kirk Cousins. Uh, free run, free runner comes at Kirk Cousins and throws an incomplete pass. Booney, take it away. Can I just say, look how wide open the middle of the field is. Like, is anyone else looking at the middle of the field? Like, dude, if we just dump it right there, somebody's got a foot race to the end zone. But when you're looking at this, the reason that this pisses me off is this is some sort of four jet, and four jet is like two jet, and two jets are base protection, right? Two three jet, 
off of that becomes four because the tight end, if you look to the right, you'll see 83. He's in. So that makes it four jet instantly. So now 83 and 75 are going to take the two guys to the right because they always have the end to Sam always. And it drives drove me nuts because you'd have to say T.O. or else the tight ends would never turn out because their coach told them if you don't hear T.O., you can't turn out. So it's like a big fight at the line all the time. <laughs> but these two guys are supposed to be T.O.ing. Now, I don't know what the hell Ole Udo is doing because yes. he's supposed to be going to the left. You see how there's two guys to the <laughs> left that are unblocked, but Ole's just got a hand on Brian O'Neill, like, hey, I'll be your buddy for some reason. Yes. Like, dude, you're in overtime. So, you don't have buddies. So for the for the, the podcast-only audience, like what we're looking at here is the Vikings have hat-for-hat hat numbers here. They've got So they've got five offensive linemen, they've got a tight end, and they've got a running back. So they've got seven. The Ravens are showing seven up front. And on the right side of the screen, you've got uh, you've got Conklin and Brian O'Neill matched up on two Ravens players, and then Ole Udo like standing around as the fifth wheel, just sort of wondering what to do. Right. And then as you go over to the left side, you got Mason Cole hat on hat, Ezra Cleveland hat on hat, but that leaves that leaves now rookie left tackle Christian Derrissaw, Dalvin Cook, and three rushing Ravens on the left side. And, this and is, so, this so they, is they it's like wrong. they shifted wrong or something here. They, no, no, I didn't, I, they, they didn't shift. I did it wrong. That's yeah. how – because it okay. always falls on – quarterback's supposed to double-check to make sure. Like, right here, Kirk is either completely oblivious to the fact that he's two-on-one with Dalvin Cook, or he knows it and he's waiting for Jefferson to bust in on the inside. Like I just said, the inside's completely wide open. But at some point, this doesn't even make sense to block because as a center, you're looking like, okay – when it started, that guy that Mason Cole's blocking was lined up right over him. So when you look to your right, you only see two guys. And you know you have three blocking. So you should have been like, hey, we're going Lou solid here. Which Lou tells my left guard, I'm staying inside to the guy inside that Christian Darisaw's blocking. The guy that's running free to Dalvin. Oli Udo, I said Lou and solid. So you're coming with me. So you block the nose. I'll block this guy. Dalvin blocks the outside guy. You're blocked up, and the middle of the field is still wide open. Mm. So football, if, yes, dude. So so if you if Kirk at, at the line, and the thing is, the Ravens showed that blitz like you several knew, times. You, like you knew. So so it was not like oh my god they 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 disguised it. Um, if Kirk had shifted the line accordingly and shifted it left, that also o- opens up the possibility that that probably Dalvin can leak out into into the soft zone. Correct? No, because Dalvin's got to stay in. He has to stay in and block the widest because you're seven for seven. That's okay, why. But if you've got the but if the guard but if um if the right guard has shifted. Don't, don't you – because he's on nobody right there. Yeah, but there's two guys over the left guard. That's why it's a Lou okay. solid. He's telling the gotcha. left guard, you're solid on the outside. Lou brings my right guard. But at the same time, say say you were like, hey, we're in kind of like a four-jet scat protection, or we used to call it like an ace right hot, and it tells you that like the right side has an extra blocker, but then you're hot on the left because the running back will run a scat route. You could have done that. Once again, if that guy – you put that – edge defender in a bind am i rushing or am i dropping you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like and these are the things that that's why i said it's not all on kubiak it's like 90 percent kubiak five percent kirk because as a good quarterback you should know hey man he's pointing to the left and i see the right guard thinking he's going to the right like i just need to make sure everybody's on the same page but at the same time it falls on mason to be like hey man we got to get this right because after that third night they didn't get the ball back 
So like, you're saying you're saying Mason Cole probably ID'd it wrong. He had to have because he didn't go left. That, that's yep. another thing. Like if he would have slid to the left and the nose came through, then yes, that's completely on Ole Udo. But now he, the fact that he blocked that nose tackle, expecting to block him by himself, like you can see him, he takes a good set, sets the guy like I'm man for man. Then it to me it falls right on him because you ID'd that wrong. You should have went left. You know you should have. But Kirk as a quarterback, like you clearly didn't see him like double point. Like there's always a reason people double point something like very importantly, like, Hey, we're right here. Cause it tells the two guards. I'm telling the guards who they have. If I just point once, then I'm telling one guard who they have. If I'm pointing twice. I'm telling you, these are literally the two guys that you have. So when he didn't yeah. see this, he should have been like, hold up, wait a minute. There's two over here and there's 35 guys over here. Why are we not going left at all? Like that's this is why interesting. This is, it, I, it falls back on like this whole, 11 year vet like dude that's a dumb yes. rookie mistake like and that's why when i played with quarterbacks that were extremely anal about being like i'm right here and i'd be like man you are awfully into that and they'd be like i want to make sure everybody sees me and i'd be like completely understand that yeah. and you know so so you're so boone's giving us sort of the, the you know the, the lineman's look at this and on uh, another friend of the show sage rosenfels who's you know spent 12 years as an nfl quarterback he's a film geek and he tweeted the same clip on the same play from a quarterback's perspective, and basically said, yeah, ultimately, like, this play melted down because Kirk Cousins failed to, whether, fair, either failed to ID it right or failed to make sure and that the, was the lineman thing. had it right. You can get away with that. Like, say you mis-ID something, it just becomes more critical that you understand that you're hot. Like, that's why, that's why the quarterback's having so many hand signals with the receivers is so important because he's letting them know, like, listen, I'm hot here, and if you see that guy come off the edge, you run that slant or you run the fade or you run whatever. Like, a ball's coming out now. And the fact that he doesn't do it. And I, I know people are going to be like, well, you know, it's he's just quarterback or whatever, whatever, but, like, if you really want to be the leader on this team, you need yes. to start making executive decisions. Hey, why did you check the slant? Because I did. What the hell would question a quarterback in the middle of overtime with seven dudes barreling down on his ass? Who's going to be like, why would you do that and get us out of trouble? Because I had to, because you couldn't think of it on the sideline. So I came up with it. Like, that's why I'm like, man, when is this dude just going to grab the reins and be like, yo, this is my team, not your team. I know what gets me out of trouble. And another thing, like, the thing that bothered me the most about that game was the minute he saw pressure again, he goes into this funky state. And I feel like that is always going to keep him from being a good quarterback. Like the minute he felt that pressure, you knew the ball was going to sail 10 yards too high or sail 10 yards too low. Yes. So that, that play third and nine, and, and you have to assume one with Jackson playing QB for Baltimore Booney and two um, with the, the fact that you're, defense by that point is just gas you, yeah. you have to assume if you don't keep the ball the game's done that, yes. that they're going to so okay let's just t- take this the raven show blitz so uh, you've seen it it's coming you know third nine everybody is coming which means if you do your matchups right you're actually in good shape technically right how you have a timeout left you get two you have one left i don't care we can pass the buck on well i don't call timeouts if you think to yourself, yeah, I'm really not this great about seeing things or sliding the protection or I'm just not that guy, why wouldn't you, because that really was the last play, yeah. why wouldn't you burn the timeout and, and at least give yourself a chance where, and who who knows, they might not blitz then. But my point is you literally put yourself into a self-sabotage situation 
by not doing a thing and trying to, I guess, pass the ball. Yeah, but here, and yeah. so like, sorry, I like, I want to answer that real quick because like this, this is this is what pisses me off too. At every step, Kirk Cousins has been. I just work here, guy. I mean, Mike, right. Mike, Mike calls the timeouts. You know, I just, you know, I don't know what they want to do with the play calls coming in. It's always they play calls, timeouts, they. It's like, guy, if you're gonna be, I just work here, guy. Go then maybe you can give back like twenty million dollars to the salary cap, so we can get a couple other veteran offensive linemen or something right. to help the team. Right? right? Like you, can, you can't I be. I just work here, hey, guy. Right. Mike, but but Mike has gone to the podium for two consecutive weeks and say he said he's lying. Mike said he can call timeouts, and this week he yeah. they they asked Mike about checks again. Can he check? And Mike said he's got yeah. choices. And then the so, other thing, too, is like, why? do people see that play? Here's the other thing that, that, that grinds my gears. People right. see that play and they see, oh, my God, the offensive line melted down on another third and nine play. And like, yeah, OK, they obviously they like, to what Boone's been saying, they melted down. They I did it wrong. But there's so much more to the Vikings offensive failures than just, well, the offensive line. Well, look no, at the I, offensive I, line I, again. Right. And I'm glad that you're here to help explain some of this. No, I agree. And then I'm glad you brought up the timeout thing, because. I noticed that too. That Tim was like, he can call a timeout, whatever. He wants. I was like, oh, oh, juicy, here we go. I feel a dig situation coming on. Who's going to skip work first? Dean Jefferson. Who's not, com- who's not coming? All right, so listen. Conklin, Conklin skipping I'm, work. He's gonna I'm watching this game, right? And I'm like, you know, there were times where we would get into games where we had bad luck in situations. It happens, right? Like guys are just dialing it up. You can't pick it up. You would go in and they'd be like, listen. We're going to make this super simple because everybody wants to be stupid today. We're just going to go left or we're going to go right, right? So you'd be Larry or Roger or something like that. So, like, when you get up there, and you said it best, Judd, when you're kind of not a – you're not good at IDing enough and seeing enough. and Like, I feel like at times he might not be, like, as of lately, the quarterback that we all think he is. But if you have any indecision, you could always just be like, listen, everybody go left. I got six guys over here. You two will clearly take those two. You know that the tackle and tight end are never allowed to go all the way down. Like, if there's a threat, they have to take it first. Why are you not doing more of that? We used to call it 358, 359, 58, 59, and it would just be the backside guard to the front side tackle all slid, and you would just bottle everything up. And at times when you have big guys, you could just pull your arms out and grab a couple of dudes, throw them down. <laughs> but it made things simple because people are always trying to figure out who are we going to pick, the guard, the center, let's look for a finger point. You know what? We're sick of getting picked, twisted, pressured. Let's just go Larry Rogers for the next 30 plays and figure out how this goes. And let's see if they stop trying to dial it up. Because going into that game, they knew they were going to get a ton of pressure. They've been doing it all year. Like the Ravens have just been dialing up some crazy things. But not only that, why not test them vertically? You know they're banged up. You know they're beat up. Justin Jefferson just ran by two dudes who thought it was an out route. Like, what idiots? Let's see what else they think we're going to run. Idiots. Like, hey, Thielen, how about this? Just go along the next three plays and see who covers you. And even then, like, let's challenge these guys a little bit. Dude, I love it. You like that? Love it. True, though. By the way, you know, here, all right, here we're going we're gonna to call a hot route here Coach at the line of scrimmage here, Judd. Alert, alert, Judd. Tell the audience how you're so skinny these days. Livia Weight Control Centers are my friends, and here's why. Five weeks ago, Booney, I I went in and I was 240 pounds. And guess what? For you, that's fine. For me, that's fat. Okay. Five <laughs> weeks hence, 21 pounds off, 218 now, 218, and the weight is going to continue wow. to come off until I'm at 200. And then I am going to stay there because Livia has a plan to do that. And I want you to join me now. By the way, first 10 weeks are free. I'm five free. weeks in, 20 pounds down, 21 pounds down. 
First 10 weeks are free. Livia.com, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Livia.com, tell them, tell them Judd, Phil, Declan, and the Rhino told you to check them out. Livia.com. That's right. A little Rhino film session there. If you if, if you're not happy with that football-y football, football yeah. breakdown, I'm going to work with you. Dude, you know what's funny, though, is like plays like that would take an hour sometimes to break down because it was always everybody's vantage point. And like, like in the film room after you're yes, like because and, and, you know, I always respected my O-line coaches. Like I never felt like I had a coach that was like an idiot. And so they would always pay attention and they'd be like, listen, it's the day after the game, win or loss, whatever. Let's talk about this. What did you see? What did you see? What did you see? And why the hell didn't somebody say something? Like eventually you know if you're paying attention, which you should be in football, and that's the hardest thing is some of these guys just lose it. And you have to be focused in because when you're not, a simple play like third and nine in overtime can cost you a game, and now you're really not looking down the barrel of a gun. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just not good. Hey, so, when you so like when the offensive line watches that, like, are, is that just positional group film study, or are you is the offensive line ever in the room with the quarterback in that in that post mortem? Sometimes it depends. Like, we all kind of like to watch it by ourselves because you know, and this is a natural thing, and people don't understand this or they pretend like they don't. But we're humans, and everybody's always going to kind of point a finger sometimes. Like, hey, yeah, throw the quarterback under right, the bus, right? Like, hey, you know, I mean, like Mason Cole. Like, at some point, dude, you're a pro. You have to know, hey, man, there's a ton of dudes over here, and there's not a lot of guys over here. Like, I'm just going to do common sense, and I'll fix this myself, even if it was whatever. And when you're in that room, you don't want the banter to start between the quarterback and the center. And then as me as a guard, you know me, I'm like, no, that's not what you said. I was yeah. there. Yeah. That is not at all what you said. And then all of a sudden the fights really started happening. So it's like, you know, let's break it down together. And the coaches would always say, hey, listen, you know, sometimes they'd have to dig into dudes. And I remember they would hard, but they'd be like, this is a learning curve. Let's figure this out. Let's not let this happen again and let's get better. So what you're saying, though, is is that – and this actually traces up to the GM's chair. What you're saying is w- with what Kirk is good and, in this case, more importantly, not good at, you, this team needs a, a not only really good center but a really smart one. So, so like, it's, it, yeah. sounds like, it sounds like you're saying that Kirk is in need of, of a person at that position, super intelligent, and really good and that they lack both those because because again um going back to Bradbury he didn't work out yeah and I think that correct yeah when you have a center normally they're considered extremely smart guys especially under pressure like they never really crack because if you ever did crack on the field oh my god I don't know what would happen like like that yeah Burke was good yeah and you know they're all kind of the same but when you have a center that is like I think of guys like Corey Lindsley in the Chargers, you know, a guy that not a lot of people talk about. But when you watch him, he is so quick to be like, there's our mic and that's where we're going. And nobody ever questions him. Nobody's ever, like, asking questions to him. Like, he, once you see the hand, everyone's like, we're good. And that's what you want. I, we've had, I've had centers that were great, and I've had centers that were just crap. And you were like, dude, I don't – I mean, you had, I had a center one time that didn't, couldn't remember if it was on one or two. And you'd be like, dude, that's kind of a big deal, buddy. Like, you only have one job, really. <laughs> and if you don't know that job, we all – because you can't ask me. I don't know the snap count. I heard the play. I'm thinking what the receivers are doing, what coverage is it. Like, And when you have a guy that can go out, Alex Mack, and ID things, it takes so much more off the quarterback. And that's why I don't understand why centers nowadays, they seem like they're dumber. Like, they just get put in this role, and they're like, oh, my God, it's too much for me. And it's like, dude, it's almost a naturally easy position because you never have to pass block by yourself. And in the run game, somebody's always helping you. So it's like 
we really just need you to be the big brain. And at the end of the day, we'll all protect you and everything else. But when you have guys that are out there and they're mis-IDing things and the quarterback's not seeing it, like you can see there's tons of flaws in the offense. They just got to get it figured out. Yeah. Then you watch college football now. I don't know if this plays into it, but it drives me nuts with the Gophers that literally like four times before every snap, the entire offense has to look over to the side. Oh, I hate that. Oh, I hate like, it. Can you it's... not empower these guys to make some decisions on their own? Like You've ruined football forever because these dudes come to the league and they're like, what? A what huddle? Do I got to put my hand in the ground? Is that a Bert and Ernie what? sign? Is that a bird? Is that an yeah. Ernie? Is it ABC? <laughs> Seriously. Hey, where's the signs at on the sideline? Nah, dude, come here. Come talk to me. Like, no, we're all, we're word of mouth over here buddy come here you know on the Corey Lindsley front you know we we talk a lot about the salary cap on this show because it's a it's it's strategy and it's roster building and people sometimes people ask us are you guys just jealous of how much money Kirk Cousins makes well yeah like obviously guy makes 35 million dollars with all of that but it's not about that it's about roster building and you know the Vikings cleared a bunch of cap space last you know spring and summer in increments and then they literally used all of that cap space that they cleared on defensive players right and it's like, okay, you've got a quarterback who's limited with mobility. Clearly he's limited in terms of being just a general at the line of scrimmage, like a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady. And so are you really comfortable with your second year going into third year young center who's been completely overwhelmed, Garrett Bradbury, in a must-win season? Like stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe maybe you didn't need uh, you know, your a second nose tackle in Dalvin Tomlinson. Maybe you could have saved some of that money for, I don't know, I mean, Obviously, Corey Lindsley would have been an amazing addition. Um, it would Alex have cost Mack you fifteen million dollars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of guys, and dude, there's a lot of people to blame. And that's the thing is, like, everybody always wants to throw it on the players. You're like, dude, those are the guys that are just out there doing what they're told. And yeah, at times they take a lot of the blame, but you have to look higher at things like this because it's becoming more of like fundamental flaws. And you're like, dude, what is watching the game? You're watching guys just get pushed backwards and like linebackers running through and it's like you're you don't have an answer for any of this what is your answer like I remember being in offenses where they're like they want to run through great we're gonna smack the living hell out of them now like they want to keep running through we'll send a fullback through there we're gonna cut them or we're gonna send you know a lineman through there we're gonna start running zones and what we would do is if you wanted to really run through and make us come off that b block g road be like all right we're gonna send will tukawafu who was 296 pounds and all all muscle. I mean, the guy was incredible. Loved him. Nicest guy. He'd send him through the B-gap so they'd line up in a pistol formation where they'd have, you know, the quarterback so hard without the shape. But a quarterback, two running backs next to him, one on either side and then one behind him. And Will would go right through the A-gap and he would cut that linebacker and you'd never see that guy run through again. He'd be like, football. I'm good. We're about like, to insert. We get so excited. They'd be like, we're going to run insert. Like, oh, my God. Here we go. We're going to see him run through again. No, you're not. Uh, boys, it's that time every week, starting a couple weeks ago, where Declan wants Here someone's ass yes! fired. We Declan, go. whose ass do you oh, want boy. on a platter this week? I got one. I got one. It was an abysmal performance. Boone says he has a, has a good, has a good uh, hankering of who it is. I'm curious if he uh, will be able to pick it up here, but... So can this I, man, can I, can yeah. I have a question. Is it in the in the NFC West? No, it's not. Oh, okay. it's not. Hmm. Uh, this oh, man. Were you going to go, Kyle? Were you going to fire Kyle Shanahan? Then? No, I was not going to fire Kyle. No, it was was Boone. Oh, I was Boone. getting nervous. Like you were kind of thinking it. I'm like, man, no, no. <laughs> no I'm okay. I'm good. On, I'm good on the Kyle. Super Bowl three years ago. Now maybe, maybe next week. You never know. You never know. Uh, but this man, though, for this week, who deserves to be fired, leads one of the best offenses in the NFL. 
Uh, and honestly, one of the best teams. Uh, it's a Super Bowl contender. You got an MVP at place, weapons all over the place. And, and this team had to go on the road this week, and which is never easy in the NFL. Don't get me wrong. Going on the road stuff, right? But a surefire win. And instead, this man abandons his run game completely. They don't find the end zone once on Sunday. Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dabble, come on down. Your what? ass is fired, dude. You couldn't score a single touchdown wow. against a team wow. that has allowed 200 wow. points the last six weeks? You, you couldn't find a single touchdown? Oh, my God. I thought he was going killing more for a minute. I'm like, yeah. Boone, you've created a monster. I love it. I love it. Fire them all. Get rid of them. You're right. Fire his you ass. Know, hey, I don't, I don't really disagree with that because where the hell is the run game? Like, dude, they and not only that, but when you watch some of the plays that Josh Allen makes, and I'm telling you right now, this kid is the entire team. Like, if you shut him down, the game's over. But, like, you're like, dude, at some point, you have to have some ball security or some care in the world as to where the hell this thing's going because it's out of control. You, yeah, you lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban oh. Meyer. You couldn't scheme up in a performance against one of the worst defenses and worst teams in the league, dude, with all those weapons. Brian Dabble, I'm sorry. Go back to college. You're out, dude. You're fired. I just want to say Goodbye. Brian Dabble has a great look about him. Okay, I don't know what it is about him, football. but he just – Very football. Yeah. His what head looks great, like a football. Just a great stylistic uh, thing oh, wow. going on there. Okay. That, that shaved head and the yeah, beard. Yeah, oh, that, wow. man, that. that man. Like father and son over here. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, wait. Is, is, that, is that Phil Shakespeare over That's here? Right. I, I can't yeah. tell. Which one is it? I can't tell. Oh, I love it. Fire is ass. you just fired a guy who's probably going to get a head coaching job this offseason. Well, oh, he's got to fire somebody. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Good for you, dude, having the stones to do Thank it. Thank you, I love it. Boone. Someone Kyle had Shanahan to say might be a good one. Kyle Shanahan might be in trouble. Hey, I'm telling you, dude, like the Niners, their fall from grace. People are like, what the hell is going on out there? Would it you? is weird. Yeah. That's not you? weird. I, we all saw it coming. Like eventually okay. it was going to collapse. If Kyle gets fired, would you? What I well, so so that's interesting because because the, because the last couple of years Kyle Shanahan's been very frontal saying that like Kirk Cousins is the one that got away like he's he's wanted another shot to work with Kirk Cousins because they worked together in Washington right Judd like yes. six, six years ago yes and um and so like he was very public just saying yeah when Kirk signed with the Vikings I think John Lynch said this on Kyle's behalf so he wanted- went, yeah that like man we were kind of hoping that we could get a shot at Kirk well. Let's let's open this up here. If the Vikings do make the move on Mike Zimmer at some point, we don't think it's going to happen unless it gets really ugly midseason, but it's probably going to happen at the end of the season. And then they're going to clearly go look for more like an offensive-minded, probably a younger head coach. And that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, would Kyle Shanahan be on your list if the Niners fired him? You know, on my list, he would be, but will he be on the Wilfs? Probably not. I mean, it's just going to be such a bad look getting fired and then going over. I mean, I would. it would make sense because the Kirk Cousins, like, familiarity and not only that but Kyle Shanahan is a run first guy like he's gonna send Dalvin down those gaps so fast and you know when you look at that, that the, the public opinion is gonna be like this guy just got canned in San Fran now we're bringing him in why should we be excited you know and as an owner I see them kind of being like there's a million people in the ocean right now that we can go look at all these college guys which I don't agree with but there are some great people in the NFL that are coordinators right now that they should be looking at it. and you're like dude at some point maybe Kyle has – and I'm not saying he's a bad coach because I respect Kyle and I like him and I've heard from guys that he's great, but maybe he's kind of over the hump. You know, I mean, at some point it's like, man, you were so close how many times, you know, when's it, when are you going to do it, dude? When are you going to get over that big hump? Interesting. You know? So so when, when you watch these guys play offensively, 
how much aren't they doing? Well, like if like if you got your hands on the Vikings Dude, offense tomorrow, don't tease like, me. no, no, but I I'm want to be the how OC. much are but I how do. much it's 2021 and this is yeah. a passing league now, and my God, there are creative schemes left and, and right. Everywhere. As a football-y football guy, which you are, you love it. How much aren't we seeing when the possibilities exist of Thielen, Jefferson, Cook, Kirk? Um there's just a ton. The, the whole list. There's a ton. I mean, you could be doing, and not only that, but Kirk likes to naturally kind of be on the move. So you could always be rolling him around, which makes things easier on the offensive line. At the same time, it kind of fits into this play action scheme that you can kind of fake it and keep rolling. Like there's so many things that they don't do. And at the same time, like there are times where you need to just line up and, hey, Jefferson, I need you to run that slant route right across the middle. We're going to hit you right across. Let's see what playmakers do. Or, hey, we're going to send you super deep. Go have some fun. Like there's not enough of that. And I think that when you look at what Kubiak's doing, he's afraid of something or he's getting so lost in his own playbook that he's forgetting some of the most basic plays are some of the best ones to get you out of trouble, right? Like something bad happens and it's like all of a sudden they go out of the ordinary to throw a play out to the, like you said, backup tight end. And you're like, dude, what the hell was that? Like where's, I'm sure Justin Jefferson was open somewhere. And then at some point in the game, you're like, where the hell is Adam Thielen? Was he active today? Was he inactive? Like you're not knowing what's going on. And, and, when you talk about the ways that you could run the ball, there, like, there's so many new ways to run it, and people have come up with so many cool gadgets and motions off of it and shifts off of it and these new right. bubbles that are in the backfield. And you're like, dude, you don't see any of that. This looks like a 1980s offense at times. And you're like, dude, it's pissing me off. And by the way, if I ever got to be the OC of the Vikings, you better believe we'd be – dude, Aaron Rodgers would be a thing of the past. Justin Fields would never make it. Dude, we'd be in the Super Bowl every year. It's because Let's every defensive right coordinator is so predictable. Oh, let's make it. this happen right now. Let's let's get the Girl, campaign God. train rolling here. Booney, football. Put that headset oh, on. Yeah. I mean, here all right, here's the stat of the week here. The uh the nerd football stat of the week here on uh Purple Daily presented by Surly Brewing get Company. Those nerds! So, you know, it may not seem like a big deal, but Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are both averaging eight targets per game. Tyler Conklin averaging six. I need a wider gap there. All due respect to Tyler Conklin. I need a wider gap. It can't be that close. No, all due respect. That's the game, dude. If you're going to challenge people, like I think about that game last night where I'm watching the Steelers play the Bears, and eventually the Bears were like, wait a minute. If we just send three guys deep, they can't keep up. I'm wondering when are the Vikings going to wake up? Dude, you guys need to start throwing out some radical plays. You come off a bye week, you you fake a punt, which goes. And this is probably my biggest pet peeve of this entire game. You fake a punt with that new kid who's incredible, by the way. Runs the kickoff return back. Nwangu, like, yeah. Dude, what is this about, right? Like, here comes the spark. Then you fake a punt, you get that. And then what do you do? You go three and out. Like, bro, you went through all that work. You wasted a fake punt to go three and out. At some point, you guys have to start being so exotic that people don't know what you're doing. Like, I feel like everybody's falling into this predictability train, and you're like, dude, I think I know what's going Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Judd, how many times are you going to target Surly this weekend? Oof. Oh, my God, this weekend? Oh, I'd probably give eight times two, divide that by um, probably about 18 times. Because, and and not not just... Surly and listen, all of the Surly beers are great. Surly Furious, in particular, though, is my favorite. It goes perfect with well, let's see, we got hockey, basketball, and football, I believe. Correct? Surly is the beer to pick up. Uh, head to your local liquor store as we get towards the weekend and make sure you have Surly Furious in your refrigerator or heck, go to the bar and have a couple. They're good there, too. 
Also, a shout out to to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Listen, uh, the Vikings are way too obsessed with risk; like they're risk averse. Federated's here to help your business with risk management. So, if you're looking to protect your bottom line, your uh, employees, Federated comes in with over a hundred years of experience. And obviously, the winter weather is on the horizon. You know, we're a week and a half into November in the Twin Cities. Protect yourself and your company from the elements. Uh, and the things that uh, cold weather could do to your business. Find a full list of industries Federated protects at federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Football. Uh, all right, what else? What else is on Alex Boone's mind here as we wrap this episode of Purple Daily? Dude, was that not the wildest week of football you ever saw? Like really the weird. most unpredictable. What is going on? Even last night's game was like, what is going on right now? It was Adrian Peterson's back. Like just all this random stuff is happening. Yeah, your guy, your favorite guy. Yeah, I personally think he's one of the most (laughs) unselfish, great teammates of all time. That's just my own take. (laughs) Maybe Rams go down. Bills go down. Hey, the the taunting call against the bear. The the taunting call is if I was a player, man, I wouldn't. I'd be so upset. Did you see the hip check? Yeah, that was weird. Dude, that's got to be addressed. Because there's been a yeah. lot of times where it's been like, hey, you can't touch those guys. Well, okay, well, yeah. they better not touch me either. You know what I'm saying? And that was – I'm it's just this is an up-and-down year, guys. And that's what's so scary about it is, like, if you don't have reins on your team right now and you don't have the leadership in place, anybody any week can win now. Like, we saw the Jets beat the Bengals and the Bengals go out and smoke the Ravens. And you're like yeah. – what the hell is going on right now? The Bills lost. Dallas got murdered. You're like, dude, people are falling asleep at the wheel. And this is like a crucial time for teams. Like teams that are kind of in the bubble that we were like, there's no chance they're going to be there. Now those guys are coming together like, hey, if we could just figure out a couple things, guys, we can sneak into this race. Yeah. That is crazy to me. Yeah, it is. Uh, like there's, I feel like it's as wide open as it's been. I mean, last Never. year kind of felt wide open, but. You know, is there I mean, the Buccaneers are probably the odds on favorites right now in most sports books, but you know, but they then have a 44 year old quarterback too at some point. But, um, but that's what I'm saying. Like, but then you go and lose to the Saints, and you're like, what the hell is going Like, I get the conference game and I understand all these things, but at the same time, you're like, dude, some like even the Rams, how long has everyone been talking about the Rams are a Super Bowl team? They're gonna, you know, they're gonna be, and then you go out and you get lose to the Titans who don't have Derrick Henry, and you're like, wait a minute, I'm confused. Aren't they supposed to be good? Like, Matt Stafford throws two interceptions back to back. You're like, bro, this is an up and down league. And that's why I'm like, you can't crown anybody yet. You're going to have to wait till week 17, week 18 to be like, hey, these guys are for sure in because you never know what's going to happen. Oh, wow. Hold on. We just have, go ahead. We have breaking news here, but go ahead real quick. uh Oh, no, I was just going to point out that's what frustrates you so so much about the Vikings. This conference is there for the taking. Yeah. That's what frustrates you. Even with the things that are no, because even with the things that are going on with Aaron right now, I'm telling you, there is more problems in that facility than people know. And oh, it's great. This dude won't shut up. He's <laughs> ruining his own ego. Uh the cancel mob, the woke yep. people. Like, dude, shut up. You're an idiot. You lied to everybody. We called you on it. Now he's like, well, now he's pissed. Right. He's yeah, like, like dude. This reaction's unacceptable. Well, you know, you know what might help that locker room, yeah. and this is according to a couple different reports that Odell Beckham Jr. is a free agent today if he right. passes waivers, and he's probably going to pass waivers because no one wants to pay his cap it. Uh, he has prioritized the Green Bay Packers as his number one preferred destination to sign with this week. Oh, good! How about dropping OBJ in uh, you in know that, why? Rogers locker. Don't give them any more. 
receivers. Hold, wait, hold on a second. That could blow up completely. It, but uh, it's worth it, right? This is the I last year. Of, this is the last year of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, yeah, and then they they're going to go into quarterback. But the right. you should do it. Oh, it'd be great. It's yeah. worth it. You have to do it if you're the Packers. It'd be great yeah, to do. watch. You have nothing to lose. Like you said, at the same time, if somebody was like, man, that was a bad decision. Hey, look at the year we had, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. We had a quarterback that didn't want to be here, but somehow said he was vaccinated and wasn't, cost us a game. Like, yeah. dude, that is – and that's another thing. Like, dude, he cost his team a game. And even though I thought Jordan Love could go out and do it, you know, that's – as a teammate, I'd be pretty pissed. Like, dude, this is some nonsense. You know, I would actually be more annoyed. So if I'm if I'm one of Aaron Rodgers' teammates, like, all right, you, you, you pull the fast one there a little bit. You, you, you use the word immunize. That was kind of weird. I would actually be more annoyed that he spent time putting together 500 pages of research and sent it to the NFL. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. That's why we got our asses kicked in week one against the Saints because you were busy doing research right. on YouTube videos with Joe Rogan as opposed to studying for the Saints. Dude. 500 pages? You're a psycho, dude. What are you doing? Yeah, I think it's become way too much. And this is when it's like, dude, football players should just stick to football. We should stop. Like the When he went on uh, – Pat McAfee's show, he knew what he was doing too. Like that's, oh, yeah. and that's the biggest gripe I have as a teammate. It's like, dude, we're having such a great year. Why, why create this drama? Why create this chaos? Like to me, that's an immature move. And as a quarterback and a leader and the face of that franchise, you should be like, listen, I screwed up. I'm going to sit out. I'm good. I'll see you in two weeks. The dissension there though could be great. And OBJ oh, yeah. would be fantastic. Devontae, <laughs> I thought I was Aaron's best friend. Aaron's office rocker. Well, oh yeah, my right. God, bring it on. Dude, he's not going to throw it out OBJ over Devontae. Are you kidding me? I know, OBJ. that's what I'm saying. And then OBJ is going to say, well, why the hell did I sign here then? Go, Pat, go. <laughs> Actually, uh, I don't think Booney's ever been part of uh, Packer no, Ventline here, but no, when the Packers do lose, it's always kind of fun to uh, listen in on Sports Talk Radio in Milwaukee. Go, Pat, go. I'd rather have the defense play the way they did today with a loss than to win this game. I mean, I'm extremely uh, impressed. I don't know, and I'll ask you guys, it just appears that it's just not the scheme or the coach. It almost as if the individual talent is better. But I'm greatly impressed. Uh, especially with the loss by the okay. Have another beer. I feel like if you're at, I think Joy loves a good quarterback. <laughs> the greatest part though is he's hitting an old school phone. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's got the dial. He's got the dial. It's awesome. He's got his Packer helmet phone. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For- Yep, cheap, cheap thing from SI came with a subscription. Sitting outside the stadium in nineteen seventy eight. Still got it. Oh, I got it. All right, all right, we got to go. That's a wrap here on Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Alex Boone, thanks for all the. Uh, I think you just you just made Good us stuff. much smarter when it comes to uh, offensive you, line play. Hey, so. if you guys give me an OC job, I will come back on the show and tell you everything. I'll tell I you. Think, I, I think Zimmer would hire you. Yeah. I think so. I think you would. Maybe think Shanahan would. will. Never know. All right. Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment, Mackie, Judd, Declan, Alex Boone. We'll see you guys uh, actually later tonight for a little Purple After Dark.